welcome back to another episode of the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo, and this is the Mormon. We, w- how are we doing today, Mitch? We doing good? We're doing a lot better since I figured out what the technical difficulties were that we were experiencing. <laughs> I uh, I hooked up my mic today to a little bit earlier to try to figure out what these issues were. As you might have noticed in the last episode, I sounded a bit echoey. Um, my mic was backwards the entire time, guys. It was backwards <laughs> for two weeks. And didn't notice it until this morning when I realized, oh, the logo's not facing towards me. So that's why... That's why we didn't have any content for you guys last week. That one's on me. It's, yeah. uh, it was backwards, Mike. It's the, uh, it's the amateur sports hour up in here. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just yeah, kidding. it's a little embarrassing, but yeah, it's humbling to admit it. You know? Hey, there we go. Yeah. You know, sometimes we make mistakes, Mitch. It's all good. We all make mistakes. Yeah, we, we, we all do. But yes, we are, but we are here to do a recap of week four in the NFL season. A lot of really good games. A lot of close games. Uh, quite a few overtime games this week, which was exciting. Uh, I think we had some really good primetime games besides Sunday night. Uh, Ravens Steelers was not a very good game, but Monday night, Thursday night, both really good games. Uh, and a lot to talk about, I think, uh, with the NFL. Uh, we're about four weeks in, so a quarter of the way through the season. So we're going to kind of take a look back at some of the predictions that we made in the beginning or before the season started. And, oh, and we kind were, of a, we were assess- wrong about some stuff. We, we were wrong, which is inevitable, of course. But we were sure. really wrong about a handful of these, uh, which will be fun, fun to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, we got a lot in store for you guys today. So stick around and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Hey, Dallin. Yes. I got another question for you. Oh, your questions are always so straightforward. I like it. You know what's a great way to start off a sports podcast? Um, I, I Like an introduction? I an don't know. An introduction, but like there's some things that happen every day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know oh. what happens every day? Um, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, it's the news. It's the, the news. news have, that's right. Let's get into the news. <laughs> Alrighty. Some big news coming out of the NFL this week. Lev Bell will report to the Steelers on their bye week. That will be week seven. So, James Conner owners in your fantasy league, look out. Lev Bell's coming back eventually, apparently. Now, we don't know if he's going to play. Probably not week. Well, he won't play week seven. At the very earliest, it will be week eight. Uh, Dallin, your take on this? Yeah, I'm. He has said that he's still in shape. I mean, he's in Florida, uh, where he's from. He's kind of just been hanging out there uh, during the season. But he says he's in shape, ready to play tomorrow if he needed to. Obviously, uh, I think. And you know, I do want to give myself some credit. I did say this in the very beginning. You asked me on a podcast a few weeks ago when I thought Lev Bell would come back, and I said by week, week seven. So I just want to say that I'm very good at what I do. I'm just um, hey, no. we, 
we we had no idea you were a Nostradamus. We had no I, idea. Yeah, absolutely. I I I put the nose in Nostradamus. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, it makes the most sense. You know, we sit out six games, come back during the bye week, kind of get back in the facility, get things rolling again, have the whole two weeks to prepare for their next game. And it honestly couldn't come any sooner for the Steelers, who definitely need the help. Uh, so I, 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 it's good. It's good. I, I do like that he said he still has hopes that the team will re-sign him to a long-term contract once the franchise tag is up. So he actually hasn't given up on the Steelers, which is a great sign. If you're a Steelers fan, I know we told you a while ago to give up and let go and break up with Lev Bell. Now he's crawling bra- back and he, br- and he brought up some flowers and if he brings out some chocolate, I think it might be time to take him back. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I, I, I don't trust that statement. I, <laughs> I don't trust that statement. You don't talk shit for was eight weeks now since the beginning of the preseason. You don't talk shit for eight weeks and then say, "I still hope we can uh, we can get a long term deal done." You don't. You don't just talk like that and then still think that you can get a deal done with a team that you've been talking shit about for the last eight weeks. Take to I me, I, I don't, I don't trust, know. I, mean, I don't trust that statement. He hasn't talked like that much shit. It's not like he's saying every week, "Oh, the Steelers suck." Oh, it's this a and lot that. Of I mean, social media stuff that's been going on week in and week out. I don't think and it's been that much. Most, I don't think it's been that much. It's but. almost every. It's been every week, and it's most most of the time. It's multiple times a week something's happening that he's posting about going to another team. So I don't really trust that he really thinks it. I don't really think he wants a long-term deal with the Steelers. I think he's saying it to save a little face right now because he realizes he's going to have to play in Pittsburgh at least for part of the year. Yeah, the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how much validity there is to it. Uh, if I were him, I wouldn't want to stay with the Steelers. If I were the Steelers, as oh, talented no. as he is, I don't know if I'd want him back either. I think it's just at a point where... Uh, and we see this, I, I think, and especially in the last few years, we've seen this a lot in sports, where a relationship just gets too strained to, like, make it happen. Like Kyrie, I think, is a great example. Or Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Earl Thomas, uh, who we'll talk about later. I, I Like, he can't go back to the Seahawks. There's no way. I mean, there's just, like, at, at a certain point, it just becomes strained of a relationship, enough of a strained relationship that there's just no going back to it. Well, and uh, I, I don't know if it's worth it. Well, yeah, and James Conner's getting the job done. He's doing a great job there for him. Yeah. I mean, the last couple of weeks he's been have been down weeks for him, but he's doing the job and he's being he's been involved in the passing game. He's ran the ball decently, so I mean, he's not a bad option to have, and he's definitely a project back too. I mean, this is right. he's a, he's a young player, and Lev Bell is reaching the prime of his career where he can go get a super big contract somewhere else with teams that, um, I mean. We haven't mentioned them yet. The Indianapolis Colts have a ton of cap room next year. Yeah. The San Francisco 49ers, they can get out of the Jarek McKinnon deal for only a $2 million dead money cap hit. Um, they'll have a ton of money in the offseason to go sign a Lev Bell and yep. give him the deal that he's looking for. So there are definitely a lot of teams out there that need a running back and can go get Lev Bell fairly easily when. Mm-hmm. They have they have a good project back in Pittsburgh that the fans really like. He has a great story, the whole beating cancer and coming back and being a extremely productive player. So yeah, and playing I, at Pitt, you know, having yeah, that Pittsburgh, he's a, I mean, he's a Pittsburgh guy. connection. Yeah, well, and and I think that's a good point. When you look at signing a guy to a big contract, you have to think about okay, they'd be paying Lev Bell about sixteen million a year is what he wants, right? 
So if you're the Steelers, you have to look at it and say, what can we do with that $16 million to make ourselves a better team? And if the best option is re-sign Lev Bell, then you do it. But like you mentioned, they have James Conner. They have somebody I think that could be fairly productive. So what about taking that 16 mil and investing it into your defense, which is really bad right now? Really you know, how, mu- how much can 16 mil that help you? That secondary is atrocious. Right. So how much can 16 mil help you in your defense? And if that gets better, doesn't that make you better overall as a team? So that's where you have to look at. Uh, you know, when you when you have a player with a big contract, what can you do with that money and is what you can do better than what that player will will bring to your team? Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, there are a lot of a lot of question marks going in, but we actually finally have some news towards Love Bell about returning to football. So, yeah, and, that, and that's, you know. that's that's good news. But yeah. football is better with Love Bell because he's that kind of talent. So especially if you drafted him in fantasy football this year. Oh, God, I've been Rest waiting. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's gonna play so that's nice that's a nice that's right. uh little i like little... <laughs> uh thomas munson i'm not sure how much he listens to the podcast but uh he made he did a play on words from the old tv show saved by the bell um his team name is screwed by the bell yes so <laughs> and he's carrying yeah. lev bell in a spot at just an empty roster spot right now so so thomas hey, don't worry wait week eight week eight waiting is gonna pay off for you my friend it's gonna pay yeah. off i think he's gonna come back and i think he's gonna kill it for that second half of the season because i mean oh, yeah. he's obviously talented but i think he he's, he's gonna be itching to play some football and i know he said that so absolutely um we have some injuries that we just wanted to mention uh injuries that occurred this last weekend uh mitch you want to go ahead yeah leonard Fournette's gonna be out this week uh, jacksonville jaguars running back um He's going to miss another week. Uh, he's been battling a hamstring injury since week one. Uh, he's re-aggravated it. Um, with a young talent like this that you're hoping is going to be your workhorse there for a long time, you don't want to risk anything. So best to just set him out, and that's exactly what Jacksonville is going to do. They're going to have him rest up that hamstring. At least this week, hamstrings are tough. They, they're one of those injuries that keep coming back over and over and over again until you really have a long period of time to rest it. So um, hopefully this is just a, a one-week deal. Not going to be surprising if it's a two-week deal. Um, but also expect this type of stuff, I think, from Leonard Fournette for, throughout the course of the year because a hamstring problem is just one of those deals that's hard to get rid of. Right, right. Yeah, well, and I, you know, I was reading the ESPN article today. They they play uh, Kansas City in Kansas City this week. Then they go on the road to Dallas, have Houston at home. Week eight, they're in London, and then they're by weeks, week nine. So it, the article, the, the guy who wrote it said that it's not out of the question that he sits out till week 10, till after the, the bye week. You know, That'd be the, a pretty aggressive move, but... Um, but I mean, depending on, yeah. obviously, like you said, it is tricky. It's a tricky injury. You don't know, kind of know where it's going to come back, but I don't sure. see him. If he's not a hundred percent, he's not traveling to London with them week eight. And then they have a bye week nine. So no, unless he's no. feeling better in two weeks, it's really likely that we won't see him till, till week 10. I, I don't think I, it's completely out of the question. I mean, if I'm, if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, when we go to London week eight, I'm saying, you know, just stay at home and rest up for the next two weeks. Right. Because we're going to need you down the stretch. So, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and that's when get you're getting back, into November football, which is key. Yeah, key. so we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully, he is all right. I know for fantasy football owners, he's been frustrating this year uh, as as a player. Um, oh, absolutely. And yeah. so basically stay away from him. TJ Yeldon has been very productive in his stead. Uh, I think that's actually a viable option right now in fantasy football. Uh, if you don't already have him, 
which I know a lot of people do. Um, the other injuries we want to mention, obviously, the, the biggest injury was uh, Eifert. Tyler Eifert, tight end for the Bengals, had a nasty, a gruesome, uh, broken ankle. Oh. Uh, it's one of yeah. those. It's one of those like that make you cringe when you watch it. It's almost like you don't want to watch it, and then you watch it, and it's just like it's rough to well, watch. And, and they they play it over and over oh, yeah. and over. They did the same thing with that basketball player. Oh, Gordon Louisville. Hayward. Oh, oh no, no, I know what you're talking about. Kevin, yeah, uh, something Ward. Was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I know which one you're uh, talking about, though. Yeah, yeah. They did the same thing with Gordon Hayward injury. They they. Just don't. We yeah, don't, don't want to see do it. it over and over again. We don't yeah. want to keep seeing it. Once is b- almost too much. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I looked it up on Twitter because I wasn't watching the game. I looked it up on Twitter, found the eight second video, watched seven seconds of it, and once I saw the ankle go, I turned it off and moved on with my life because I just couldn't. So I'm not trying to watch this six times. Yeah, you'll just uh, take people's word for it. It was. Bad. Yeah, exactly. So I watched it once. It was bad. Uh, he's obviously out for this season. Uh, a big blow to Bengals. He's a, he's a good, a very good weapon. Probably one of the best tight ends in the league. I mean, you put well, him up there with Gronk know, he, and Ertz and Ke- he had Kelsey. A, he had, so he had a really down year last year. So uh-huh. he was having a bounce back year. He right. Was, he was actually playing pretty well. And so for this to happen, it, it's a bummer. But um, yeah. that's the nature of the beast. Nature Absolutely. Of the beast in football. Yeah. And then the other injury we wanted to mention was Earl Thomas, uh, who has had disputes was hold, held out for a while um, wanting to get a new contract from the Seahawks he fractured his left leg on Sunday and he is out for the season obviously most people know this because as he was being carted off the field he flipped off his sideline um, it, it's an interesting situation it, I think this is a, an interesting example of like why Lev Bell's kind of doing what he's doing it, it, any, any player at the end of their contract uh, there's just so much more pressure to not get injured because the minute you get injured I, it could really hurt your value and how much money you can make. And that's why guys want long-term deals so they don't have to worry about, you know, they want long-term deals and want guaranteed money because injury can really destroy that. So it's a it's a rough situation for Earl Thomas. I really feel bad for him, you know? I, I don't know. I don't know, Dallin. I think uh, Earl Thomas, you know, he already didn't want to play for the Seahawks. And then he's at the bottom of a pile. I think he just told the guy on tough him, yo, dude, break my leg. I don't want to be here. I highly doubt. I highly doubt he wanted his leg broken. Because here's the thing: he's going to be. He saw no other way out. He's not going. He's not sticking with Seattle next year. He's going to be a free agent. I mean, he's He's going to go to Dallas. If we're really being honest, Dallas wants him. He wants to go to Dallas. Dallas needs a safety. They'll probably sign him. And I don't know how much this will actually hurt his value because Dallas is really high on him. I think he has a good market, but it's just a shame that he's the uh, he's the 75th highest paid player in the NFL. And he's arguably the best safety in the NFL. So the fact that you have a guy of that talent level, a Pro Bowl player, a guy who has experience, who's tied with the lead league and in interceptions through three weeks with three, can't get know paid. You know, I, it's just, yeah. it, it's just, it just, it sucks. You know, it's just kind of the, the name of the, the game. But is he, for the talent, is he underpaid? Yes, but I yeah. wouldn't trust. I wouldn't trust that list just because there's a lot of offensive linemen that get paid big bucks. So right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and rightfully so. That's the most important unit on the football field is the offensive line. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, hopefully it doesn't hurt his money too much. Uh, but it'll be a big blow to an already sucky Seahawks team. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. So that is – oh, one more piece of news. Mitch, what do you got? Oh, just, just a fun fact. Um, so, fun fact of the day. Illegal contact penalties in the NFL have tripled from 2017 
to 2018 through the first four weeks. Um, I think this is definitely due, or largely part in part due to the new roughing the passer penalty, all all that stuff that's been going on in week three uh, that we saw in week three. That's kind of when the complaints kind of exploded out of this volcano of you know, everyone holding it, internalizing all these frustrations that they're having with penalty calls. And um, yeah, can you believe they've tripled in that's one insane. year? That's one insane. That's insane. Already, this, already. This has that's to be insane. a sign to the NFL that something's not working right. You would think, you would think. I don't think Goodell and the NFL are, are smart enough to like recognize all that, but you would think that that would be enough of a sign for them to say, hey, maybe we should do something differently, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that was just a that was no. just a little fun fact to well, round thank, up. Well, well, thank you for that, Mitch. Yeah, just to wind that's, up the new good. segment. That's good. So, yeah. Well, that is all for the news today. Let's get into some uh, some Week Four NFL oh, recap. How to, about that? Me, How about that? Do you want me to do top five or what? Oh, oh, Mitch, Mitch, I am so sorry. It's okay. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to shirk. And and uh, and eliminate okay. the best segment on the show. Oh, it's, it's all right. I, I, I know admit, we, we sorry, just had Mitch. a whole show <laughs> with it, so I understand. I understand. No, it, go ahead, Mitch. We need this. Okay, guys, there are some legends in sports that aren't even athletes, aren't even executives, aren't even coaches. They're probably the most underrated figure in sports. I'm talking about the mascots. Oh. That's why on this week's edition of Mitch Bose Top 5 List of the Week, we are doing the Top 5 Sports Mascots. Ooh. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> that, this is going to be good. I'm excited. This is going to be really good. This is going to be really good. So number five on the list, you might not recognize him because, well, if you're not a hockey fan, you wouldn't recognize him. And if you're not a hockey fan, the only way you would recognize him is if you were a Montreal Expos fan. <laughs> Number five on the list is Yuppie. Yuppie. And where, actually, when you spell the name, the exclamation point at the end of his name is actually part of the spelling of his name. Really? Yeah. It's Y-O-U-P-P-I exclamation point. That's how you oh. spell his name. Okay. Um, so he's the official mascot currently of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and for a long time before that, he was the mascot of the Montreal Expos. Well, as we know, the Expos moved to Washington, D.C., became the Nationals in 2004. So Yuppie had nowhere to go. Yuppie was out of a job. Homeless. He, he was homeless, but he found a job with the Montreal Canadiens in the NHL. And um, just a, he's actually probably most famous for um, getting tossed out of a baseball game. Really? Yeah. The mascot. Uh, Tommy Lasorda was complaining that Yuppie was sleeping on top of the dugout and making too much noise in the dugout. And so <laughs> the umpires, per Tommy Lasorda's request, threw Yuppie out of the baseball <laughs> game. And Yuppie was kicked out of his own game. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. That's messed up. It is messed up. So number four on the list, we got a couple of wieners on the list. Oh, oh. yeah! It is the sausage race, which are the mascots <laughs> in 
for the Milwaukee Brewers. The sausage race is a tradition that happens at the sixth game in the sixth inning at every home game in the Milwaukee for the Milwaukee Brewers, where different sausages run around the field in the sausage race. There are three sausages that happen that or take that race. Uh, the bratwurst, the Polish sausage, and the Italian sausage. Oh, um, solid. Since then, there have been two new sausages that have joined the race. Uh, the hot oh, dog. Right. And the chorizo. Getting oh, oh, Olay. 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 <laughs> they actually have names. So the bratwurst, his name is Brett Wurst. Um, the Polish sausage is Stasz Jonjak. I don't know if I'm saying these Ooh. right. Stas um, Jean Jacques. Probably Jean Jacques. Um, his his name's a little racist, actually. Uh, it's a it's Guido. The hot dog is Frankie Furter. Ah, hilarious. And the and chorizo always wears a sombrero, and his name is Cinco. So Cinco. Cinco. His <laughs> name is five. Five. <laughs> okay. Well, he was the fifth one added. He oh, was the okay. Fifth one added, okay. So okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, so the so- the racing sausages number. Four. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Number three is an absolute classic. Um, he's probably one of the most recognizable mascots. Two out of these last three are pretty recognizable. Number number three on the list is Mister Met. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. probably if not the most recognizable, one of the most recognizable mascots in baseball or in sports, really. Um, he is the official mascot of the New York Mets. Um, he is a man with a large baseball for a head. He can be seen at City Field during Mets home games. He's done Sports Center commercials. He's done several commercials as part of his, uh, yeah, or as with sponsorships of the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, he was made his debut on April eleventh, nineteen sixty-two. That would have been the Mets inaugural season, and has been the mascot ever since. So, Mr. Met, mm. and actually, he has a rivalry with an upcoming mascot oh, on, a, on this really? list. So, but number two, we're going to switch gears here, Dallin. We're going to switch gears. Oops. Whoa. Hit the filter. Um, We're going to switch direction here, Dallin, to your favorite sport, basketball. Okay. Number two on the list is Benny the Bull. Oh, yeah. The yep. mascot of the Chicago Bulls. Guys, take a minute. Pause, pa- pause the podcast. Go look up Benny the Bull on YouTube. The man is an acrobat. <laughs> For a guy who's so acrobatic that jumps off trampolines, does like between the leg, upside down, backwards, dunks. Man's super clumsy with uh, with his popcorn. He uh, One of his trademarks is that he runs down the stairs with a giant bag of popcorn. Oh. And then throws it all over the fans as he's running down the stairs. Um, which would get really, I think, a little bit annoying. So, I, I 100% agree. I would while, not be happy After a with while, that. like, Benny, control yourself. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> but definitely one of the most high-flying, entertaining mascots um, in sports. But Benny the Bull, number two. Number one is the Philly Fanatic. Kind of the consensus. Oh, yeah. Number one, again, go look up the Philly fanatic and watch his antics. Um, he's made multiple appearances outside of the Phillies organization, though. He's he's kind of the ambassador of uh, 
of mascots, I think. I think if there's mm. a if there was a leader, a president of the National Mascot oh. <laughs> Association, the NMA. I just made up I just made that up. The MMA? The NMA. The National oh, I was like, Mascot I was like, Association. Like you didn't make up the MMA image. No, I did not. I did not make up the MMA. Um I think the Philly Fanatic would be the president. Um and he would be forced to pair up with his vice president, Mr. Met, who mm. they hate each other. They don't get along. Him and Mr. Met. You know, you know most, Phillies, Mets, don't get right, along. Right, yeah, yeah. As I say, most New Yorkers and, and Philadelphians, I think that's the way to say that, probably don't like Phil- each other. Philadelphians, actually. Philadelphians. Yeah, they're dolphins. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry if you're from Philly, we just offended yeah. you. Real side so. quick, real quick. I, I I met this guy driving Uber on Friday night. His friends were trying to get, they were like drunk. His friends were trying to get me to like guess where he was from. And they're like, say coffee. And he was like, coffee. And I was like, oh, are you from Jersey? And he was from New York. And I think I just like, I, I don't, I don't, I've never offended a man more in my life. Then when I when I said that the New Yorker was from Jersey, he was like, his friends were like cracking up. I was like, oh, I just did, I goofed, didn't I? I goofed. I goofed. <laughs> that is the most West Coast white guy thing you could have said, too. Oh, oh no, I just goofed, didn't I? I just yeah. goofed. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. So, yeah, anyway. Speaking yeah, of was, places that, that hate each other, you know, yeah, yeah, Jer- Jersey, New York, but. <laughs> but anyway, that was this week's edition of Mitch Moe's Top 5 List of the Week. Wow, I like it. Mascots are interesting. Why do we still have them? They're entertaining. It's good entertainment in between, uh, in between the you know the break and the sports action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's obviously more ones. for the kids. You there know, more for the kids. Ones. But some oh, some honorable mentions that oh, didn't yeah, make let's get some honorable mentions. Um, Ragnar the Viking. Um, oh, he is the mascot for the Minnesota Vikings. He's the only mascot that is actually a human. Like he doesn't really. Yeah, he's not an animal or or a humanoid. He's actually a dude. Just, just a normal like a dude. Dressed up like a Viking. Wow. And he rides this motorcycle in across the field. Just, bah. Oh, yeah. there you go. Ragnar. Uh, Wally the Green Monster, the mascot for the Boston Red Sox. Mm. Um, the Bracing Presidents of the Washington Nationals. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And the Jazz Bear was another one. That... Oh, the Jazz Bear is solid. I just saw him last night. I was at a Jazz yeah. Bear. Yeah. The Jazz Bear was uh, was on my honorable mention list, and then yeah. Orbit Orbit the Alien, the mascot for the Houston Astros, was the other. I one. I don't know that one. I want to Google him. He's he's pretty new. He's pretty new, but yeah. um, entertaining nonetheless. Right, right. Entertaining nonetheless. Well, there you go. Thanks for that list, Mitch. Yeah, no problem. We'll have another one. Always love it. All right, let's get into some Week Four NFL. So let's we are going to talk about a few games. Let us begin by talking about Thursday night. One of the best games of the week, Rams at home against the Vikings. What a good game. I, I actually it think was. it was a very entertaining game. It absolutely was. Um at, we live in a we live in a time for NFL where where scoring is what people want to see, and there was plenty of that. So um and it, it wasn't like it was a blowout. It was a, it was actually a good solid game. Um a couple of takeaways from this. Minnesota's defense is not that good. Not as good as we thought it was going to be, at least. Yeah. And, no, I know they're facing a 
very prolific offense right, with right. Los Angeles. I mean, and we'll get to that offense in just a minute, but the Vikings haven't looked all that good. They just got torn up by the Bills the week before, and then they face a very, very good offense in from Los Angeles. And so it was – I don't know if the Vikings defense is really all that good. Yeah, is I it, don't – Was it a fluke year last year or, or I don't norm? I don't know because the team's basically the same, and they still have a ton of talent, obviously. I mean, you look at the names on this defense. There is a ton of talent here. They just look – slow they just look slow to me they just don't look i mean and and the bills exposed them last week for that which is odd because the freaking bills so like i i want to draw comparisons here and just look at the jaguars defense and the vikings defense who i think before week three we held as the two best defenses in football right and just the difference is like you just said speed jacksonville's defense is fast right and they fly all over the place we're Minnesota's almost looks lethargic. Yes, yeah, they, yeah, they just look slow, and I, I, and I don't know why this year's different than than last year, and, and and you know maybe things will change. Obviously, like you said, I mean they played. In my opinion, the Rams is the best offense in the NFL. I mean, I know the Chiefs are great, but I think the Rams, the Chiefs may have more talent. The Rams are just so well coached. It's just like it's so hard to stop just based on scheme and what they can do. But I mean, you give up thirty eight points to the best. Uh, offensively, all right, not that bad. I'm more concerned about the fact that they gave up 22 points to the Bills. Y- you know, that yeah, is more sure. concerning to me. And, and like you said, like they just look slow. I, and I don't know what it is. Maybe they'll turn things around. They'll have to if they want to playoff, if they want to get in the playoffs. But it, it is it is a question mark for me right now. I don't really oh, know yeah. what the answer is. It's just weird. It's it's just weird. It is because it, it's not what we expected. Right, right, right. And, we and we'll get into later on just you know about not expecting certain things. Um, but we definitely expected this Vikings defense to be better than what they're showing. And I think another thing that we didn't expect was how prolific the Rams' offense is going to be. Jared Goff, I know at the beginning of the year, I said he was a sleeper MVP pick for me. He's looking like he's in MVP form right now, the way he's mm-hmm. throwing the football. Yeah, I, I, I told you this. I called you after the game. I was like, Mitch, he's making you look like a genius right now. Because I was not on board with that J- Jared Goff sleeper MVP. I was like, ugh, I don't know. But Goff is second in the NFL right now in passing yards. I know that for sure. I don't know where he's at in touchdowns. But he's, second, he's throwing the ball a lot. I mean, 465 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, a perfect passer rating on Thursday night. He is just looking great. And Sean McVay is just making Jared Goff look like the best quarterback in the league. And it's crazy. I mean, really, it's like Mahomes, Goff are probably the two guys that you're probably talking about for MVP through four games. And it, it really is like, I think it's entirely plausible, especially if this team that goes goes on to win 14 or 15 games like we expect them to. So, so we are a, we are a sports talk, sports debate show. So, I want to go back to a statement you just said. Sean McVay is making jo- Jared Goff look like the best quarterback in the NFL. Yes. So, do you accredit more of this success to Sean McVay or the fact that Jared Goff's playing well? So, here's obviously Goff is a good quarterback. I mean, an off you could have a great coach or great offensive coordinator, but if the quarterback can't make the throws, it doesn't matter. But I think a lot of it. I mean, look at. 
I, I think if you had another head coach, another guy, play caller in there besides McVay, Goff doesn't look as good. Like okay. 465 yeah. yards and five touchdowns is excellent. And yeah, obviously, like, Goff could still be successful without McVay, but McVay is what's making him look so good. And he's executing. I mean, tw- he only had seven incompletions on 33 passes. He's averaging 14 yards a complete, I mean, a, a, pa- a completion. It, it's the numbers are great, and, and Goff is doing what he needs to do. And a lot of that has to do with Gurley and the threat that he is out of the backfield, and the fact that you have to stop Gurley, and that's going to open up this pass offense, and it has. So I, I think it's credit to both of them. Yeah, you know? no, I, I agree with you, but I just wanted to have a better explanation of of why Sean McVay is making Josh have has a part in why Jared Goff looks so good. Yeah, for sure, and, for sure. And because I totally agree. I think if if Jared Goff didn't have Sean McVay, I think we'd be looking at something different. But I think I think this is a very good pairing. This is a Absolutely. And not to this level. Could be, might be someday. There's no way of telling, but it it's the Belichick Brady comp type of effect where you pair the right two guys up and good things happen. And that's that's what we're see- that's what we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, and it's look it's looking real good, real good right now. I do want to mention uh, Vikings offensively. Obviously, Kirk Cousins had a a very good game. No interceptions, four hundred twenty two yards. Uh, had a good game. They couldn't run the ball, and Dalvin Cook, I know, is still kind of recovering from this injury. But to only have seventeen carries, fifty four yards, and Kirk Cousins running for twenty eight of those and beating your leading rusher, you're not gonna beat anybody like that. You really aren't. You really aren't. Especially the best team in the league in the Rams. So they've got to figure out that run game to help Cousins up because he's throwing fifty passes a game right now and that's just not a winning formula. No, you have to establish a run game. You have to. And um I mean there's that's why a lot of teams struggle. That's why we've seen Indianapolis over the last few years, even though right. they might win 10 games with a healthy Andrew Luck, they haven't been successful past that because they haven't had a run game that they can go to. Right, and that's and a so, great example. That's a great so, example. Or like the Seahawks last year, I think another great sure. example. Great quarterback, no run game, you can only do so much. Well, it, they, they didn't have an offensive line, though. Well, that, yeah, that doesn't help either. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, or Cincinnati's another one. That's another, that's another good example. Andy right. Dalton's fully capable of winning games, but when he hasn't been given a good run game and he hasn't been given the right tools to use around him, it's, it's, it's tough to succeed right. in, well, that, in that, that type of environment. And that goes back to what I'm saying about Jared Goff is that when you have a threat like Gurley as a defense, you have to focus on Gurley. And that's just going to open up everything else that Goff can do with the wide receivers and the scheme. Yeah. And that's like the key to an offense is if you want a good passing game, you got to have a good running game. It's just, they, they have to go together. So so Minnesota obviously struggling. They're 1-2-1 one, and one right now. They go on to play Philly on the road. So they go from L.A. to Philly, both on the road. This is going to be a huge game for both those teams. And we'll talk about Philly Actually, let's talk about Philly now, right? Okay, let's, let's, talk, let's talk Tennessee yeah. Philly. Another uh, that's going to be a huge game for both those teams because Philly uh, failed to win on the road against the Titans. Mitch, what did you see about this game? You know, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of this game, but it's is Tennessee better than what we thought? I think so. I, I, I and defensively specifically, De- that yes, defense defensively. is very good. The defense yeah. is very good, and they're playing. They should not be this good. I mean, Mariota is injured right now. They started two quarterbacks last game, and somehow they beat Jacksonville and Philly this year. Well, okay, in Jacksonville's defense, 
Blaine Gabbert had a or not Blaine Gabbert. See, I'm still stuck on um, Blake Bortles had a terrible game. He had a Bortles game. Yep. <laughs> I would you call go from three, you go from throwing 350 yards to throwing like 170 sure you know, fair, fair enough fair <laughs> enough but yeah, did not have a good game and really when they when Blake Bortles is not playing well and you have a unhealthy Leonard Fournette you can't really put yourself in a great spot offensively there so um I I will give I'm not going to give them that one because I think that Jacksonville fully healthy and with Bortles playing well beats Tennessee fairly handily. But the defense has looked much better than anticipated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's credit to Mike Vrabel. Vrabel? 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 How do you say it? Vrabel. 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 Vroom, vroom. Like vroom, vroom. I'm in my mom's car. Vroom, vroom. New album dropping next week. You, 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 you know, did you know that Vine? That's Vine. No. That's Vine. Oh. Mitch, you're the Vine expert. Come on, you should know. Anywho, know. Um, yeah, so I, I think this is more credit to uh, to Tennessee. I mean, third quarter, ten, or Philly scores and goes up 17-3. So they had a two-touchdown lead, and Tennessee came back from having only scored three points to winning in overtime on a touchdown from Marcus Mariota to Corey Davis. I I, I mean, it, this is just a credit to Tennessee, who just seemed like they wanted it more. They're playing with a lot of positive energy right now. Uh, the, like I said, the defense looks good. The offense, Mariota looks pretty good. They struggled running the ball. In fact, Mariota had 46 yards on the ground. Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis combined for 12 carries and 24 yards. And they still won the game. And the fact that your two running backs can combine to average two yards a carry and get under 25 yards and still win, I, that's a credit to just some well, some energy or something, you know, tenacity. Well, yeah, and I, that's why I think this their success is going to be capped. Like, you, you, that's, right. not, that's not sustainable, and we've seen that with Russell Wilson, where he could be your leading rusher and your leading passer. That's, that's not sustainable. So right, it can't be every game. Either, yeah, either Deion Lewis or Derrick Henry is going to have to turn it on at some point. Um, yeah. If if they want to sustain this success, I don't see that happening. I don't. I've never had a lot of faith in Derrick Henry, and I don't think Deion Lewis is a great rusher. I think he's great in the passing game, but I don't think he's a three down back. And that's why I think their success is going to be capped. Good start for him. Yeah, seven, absolutely. Nine and seven is still at best where I see him. At best. Right. Well, and I, I think I had them. I'm pulling this up real quick. I had them at seven and nine this year. I think that's probably still plausible. Nine and seven to seven to nine is probably the range that they're at, right around five hundred. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I th- I think this is a lot about Tennessee just just playing well. The Eagles don't look great, and, and and the front the front four is good still. I think it's the secondary with the Eagles. The secondary does not look good. I mean, they gave up three hundred forty three pat three hundred forty four passing yards to an injured Marcus Mariota, who's not that good of a quarterback. I mean, that's just not like, no, <laughs> you just no, can't have that. You yeah. can't have that happening. If you're the Eagles who are predicated on their defense and Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz having to throw it 50 times in a game is not ideal either coming off of the injury that he is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, and like, and like we mentioned, they're playing Minnesota at home this week. Philly's two and two Minnesota's one, two and one. You can't go to one three and one if you're Minnesota. You don't want to go to two and three at Philly. This is a must win for both of those teams. So, I think that's going to be one of the best games this week. Yeah. Seeing who 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 wants it more. So, 
What's uh, what's the next game you want to talk about, Mitch? So we got a uh, actually a barn burner of a game. I don't think anyone saw this one coming as being such a good game, but Oakland and Cleveland. Oh yes, that turned out being an outstanding game. That was a hell of a game. Oh my gosh, went to overtime. Oakland got his first win, got their first win of the year. John Gruden's first win since De- I think it was December of two thousand and eight. Oh, his first win as wow. a, as a head coach since. December of 2008, Oakland moves to 1 and 3, Cleveland goes to 1 2 and 1. You know what? Cleveland looked competent to take advantage of a bad defense. Oakland's not good defensively. They put up the points. The def- I don't know if it was more that Oakland turned it on offensively or that Cleveland let up defensively. I would like to believe that it's a little bit of both though. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, they were down what 28-14 in the third. Oakland was. Right. I mean, and they came back, and at the end of the fourth quarter, it was tried 42-42. So they scored, what, 28? No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. 28 points. Sorry. <laughs> 31. At 31 Wait, minutes so all said and done. Dun, dun. Yeah, so, so they, they scored 28. No. Am I right? I'm trying to do that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try this again. 31 yeah, okay. total I, because they wound up with 45 points. Right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, I mean, Oakland was down twenty eight fourteen in third quarter and scored thirty one points after halfway through the third, including overtime. I mean, so obviously they had to turn it on offensively, and I, I think probably, I mean, Cleveland's defense is good, but still inexperienced, and so I think you're going to see things like that at the end of the game. Not going to be as sharp as maybe they are in the beginning uh, because of the inexperience on the Cleveland D side. Uh, but a shootout, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, that I didn't see coming. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think no one saw it coming. Like you said, Oakland was down 28-14 in the third quarter. Oakland is not a second-half team. They had been vastly outscored. I believe it was like 62-14 to throughout the season in the, in the second half. Right. So it was, they are not a second-half team. And then they put up 31 and played decent enough defense Right, only gave up over- 14. Only yeah. gave up two touchdowns, so there you and, go. Yeah, get, You know, to a young, inexperienced Browns offense. Right. Only gave up 14. I mean, and as bad as Oakland's defense is, that's that's a win for them. So Right. Well, um, it has to be. I mean, and in the end, this is a must win, right? I mean, you have the Cleveland Browns at your stadium, and you're 0-3. Oakland can't lose this game. They have to win this game. They have to. So as admirable and I don't as think the John win Drew is, was going to let him go. On. Right. I mean, as admirable as the win is, it's 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 not because you did beat the Browns and you did struggle to beat the Browns at home. Like you should have won this game anyways. Uh, but good for them to stick it and not just give up and roll over because, like you said, down two touchdowns in the third, you definitely could have. Um, and they stuck it out, you know. I, I think uh, I, I, good, 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 good for the Raiders. It's still a good game for the Browns. I think there's a lot of positives you can take away from this. Sure. Uh, yeah. If you're Cleveland, there Baker, is only positives you could take away after last year. So after zero and sixteen, yeah, you'll take games like this. You know, Baker's looked decent. Uh, two interceptions, uh, just under three hundred yards. Was only was twenty one for forty one throwing the ball, so not very accurate, but. This is going to be time to grow, but I think I saw a lot of good things from him. The run game, 208 rushing yards is great, and that's going to help Baker to not have to throw the ball for 300 yards every game. If they can get this kind of production on the ground, it's going to really help him out. I mean, welcome to the NFL, Nick Chubb. Oh, three rushes, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. That is amazing. So, welcome to the NFL, but then uh, looking past that, I forget who was talking. I think the fantasy footballers were talking about that this this week is that 
Carlos Hyde hasn't been all that productive for him, but he's been in a weird way reliable. Oh yeah, he's, oh yeah. He's gotten the short yardage when they needed it, so uh, he's really been a reliable guy to lean on. And so I think that's what their strength is going to be: is running the football and then getting the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands and letting him make plays. Yeah, and yeah. Letting him run around all over the place like a wild man and start slinging the ball over the place. That's what he does best. So why yeah. not let him do it? Well, and that's and that's where you're going to get the best out of him, uh, especially for a young quarterback. I do want to mention real quick on the on the uh, Oakland side, uh, Marshawn Lynch is shocking. I did not expect him to play well this year. He's like third or fourth in rushing yards this season. He is in fourth. the NFL. He is at three hundred even. I have it right in front yeah. of me. So twenty carries, one hundred thirty yards yesterday, including a fifty-two yarder. That is that is great, that, and that's he, exactly what Oakland needs. He turned it on last week. I th- that's the old Marshawn. That's the right. Marshawn that we like seeing. Um, now, he's he's 32 years old. He's where You can't expect that out of him every week. I think that's a ceiling performance for him. But expect similar stuff. I, I would expect 80 yards a game from Marshawn at this point in his career. Oh, for sure. For and sure. at least a touchdown if he's in the right situation. So, you know... A good a good performance for him. He definitely turned it on. He made up for for uh, some, some for some lost ground. Some he didn't play all that great in the first three weeks. So um, looked really good against what we have said multiple times a pretty formidable Browns defense. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably top half of the NFL. Still young, like we said, but, young but definitely talented. Definitely talented. Yes. Um, so a good win for the Raiders. A good you don't want to call a loss good, but when you didn't win a game all of last year, I think you can call this a good loss for the Browns, probably. Yeah. Would you say that, that or Yeah, that feels funny coming out of the coming out of the mouth. But it, yeah, it sounds yeah, weird. It's a it's a good loss. Another thing I want to point out to, and Tanner Pacini said this, Oakland could easily be three and one right now. They should be four and oh, really, they sh- because they yeah. had the lead at halftime in every game except for this one. So right. so I think once they figure out that second half stuff you're going to see a much better team. We'll, we'll I, see. We'll, we'll see. see. But I think if, they, if they've really figured out the second half woes, then yeah. I don't know. Well, the, de- the defense is still – I mean, you gave up 42 points to the Browns, who are not that prolific of an offense at all well, with a rookie quarterback. That, so, I'm not saying that they're, they're going to be a top 10 team or that they'll even be a playoff team. Right, I'm right. I'm just saying that, you know, don't feel so down on them right now. Yeah, I yeah. That, I don't know if four and twelves in their future. You know, maybe no, I, don't a, think it is. I don't. I think, think they're is. more towards five hundred than anything. You know, sure, as long as they sure, can figure sure. that out. So, yeah, that was a surprising game as far as the score goes, for sure. Uh, the other surprising, I, this was kind of surprising. Let's talk Chicago and Tampa Bay. Let's. So, Mitch, go go on about your boy Mitchell Truth Bisky. Uh, what, what, what do we What do we got about this Truth guy? Truth Bisky, guys, he looked. He looked really good. He was pushing the ball down the field. What did I say in the previous couple weeks? Trubisky has got to pull the trigger. He's got to have the confidence to throw the ball down the field. What do you do? Start throwing the ball down the field. Slinging it all over the yard. Winds up with six touchdown passes. Imagine that. Imagine that. You get a little bit of confidence behind your great arm. You have a good arm. You have the smarts. You get a little bit of confidence. Imagine that. You start being productive. He did exactly what he needed to do. And I think Matt Nagy put him in a great position to do it. And I think they played the right team to do it. Because Tampa Bay's defense is 
pretty god awful. Oh, it's and terrible. They played the right team for him to get that confidence built up. Like, yes, I am capable of doing this in the NFL. Granted, it was against a bad, a bad defense, but he's capable of doing it, doing that at the NFL level. Right. So now, just ride that confidence wave, Mitch, and keep throwing the football down the field. Keep doing it, man. Great yeah, performance. This is the perfect game. This is exactly what Trubisky needed to go off. I mean. He had 19 completions and six of them were touchdowns. That's one every three completions. That's crazy. That's crazy. And obviously not sustainable, but like you said, this gets his confidence up to say, hey, you could do this. You know, they go into this bye week. He comes in the bye week with a lot of confidence. And the next week they go and play Miami, a team they can beat. They could be at four and one, you know? Oh, sure. And and, and now he's playing with some confidence. If you get Trubisky confident and the run game's going well and the defense is doing what they're doing, this is a dangerous team. It really is a dangerous team. And And maybe this is bold of me, but the NFC North does not look that good right now. Green Bay has a lot of question marks. Minnesota, obviously, a lot of question marks. Chicago might be able to win this division. I'm, and, and you know I, what? And I I'm with you. I might I'm be standing you. on a limb here, and I don't, I don't feel super confident in that. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for Chicago to win this division at ten and six. I, I'll, I'll go right on the, right out on the limb with you, man. I'm with you. This Detroit does not look all that great. They've no. played, they've played well, the, oh, well enough the last few weeks. I think that's more better coaching. Minnesota, we just talked about, does not look great. Green Bay. It's not looking all that hot, and Aaron Rodgers definitely looks hobbled. Right. So the only healthy, well-playing team in this division right now is Chicago. It's Chicago, yeah, absolutely. And so, what's not to say they can't run away with this if they rattle off four wins in the next six weeks or something like that, you know, or even more? What's not to say they couldn't do it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. You know, Green Bay's two one and one. So the record's not terrible, but like you said, not I mean, not really looking that good. They they really aren't. They really aren't. And 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 I worry about Aaron Rodgers. And if he does go down, if this if this injury gets worse or whatever, I mean that that would be the end of their season. And yeah. uh, we, like you said, don't know about Minnesota. I, I think there's a, a a real shot, a real shot that Chicago could win this division. And they looked great. Um, I do worry about Jordan Howard in this game. Just didn't see him at all. I so I have just a theory run the about ball. this because actually in fantasy I just traded for Jordan Howard. I, I oh. traded Julio Jones for Jordan Howard. Oh, poor choice, um, Mitch. Well, no, I had I had a I had a very deep wide receiver roster and I needed some help at running back and so I was willing to pay up to get a top tier running back. What I think was going on is Chicago had such a big lead early on with Tampa Bay against Tampa Bay that they were sparingly losing using Jordan Howard for a reason. They were like, you know what? We're not even going to put you out there. Risk of getting hurt. They know they're going to play tighter games. We have a we have a competent running back in Tariq Cohen. Mm. Let's give him the ball. Let's get him his touches. And we're gonna we are gonna use you sparingly. And I think that's what they were doing. I don't think it was a health issue for Jordan Howard. We haven't heard anything since then. So. That was that's my theory at least. With it. okay, okay, yeah, you know I, that ma- that makes sense. I you know hopefully obviously they they lean on Cohen a lot this game and he I, seven receptions, one hundred twenty one yards, a touchdown, thirteen carries, fifty three yards. Obviously that well, was kind of the focal right point, yeah. right? And and that's and that's good. I think you got to have a balance between those guys. One want to have a better week than the other here and there. Uh, but good sign, you know, you beat a bad team. 
But getting confidence in Trubisky is going to be key because, like I said, if he can play with confidence, this team's going to be very good. Yeah, and I mean, if you're a Bears fan like I am and listening to this, you shouldn't get excited over beating a bad team by 38. Get excited that Mitch Trubisky threw the ball with all the confidence that right. he did. And that's, and that's the key there is confidence. I do want to talk about Tampa Bay just slightly. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was benched at half. Was it second quarter or halftime? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Somewhere in there, yeah. She struggled 9 of 18, 126 yards in interception. Winston comes in. He's 16 of 20, 145 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Uh, and they have said that Winston's going to be the starter. They're in a bye week as well. Um, but going into week six, he will be the starter. Uh I am totally against this, and I think we both are. Yeah. I think Fitzpatrick should still be the starter, and, and I, we vocalized that before. I don't think there's any way you could bench Fitzpatrick, but uh, yeah. I, I just don't believe in Winston. I just don't see what upside Winston's going to give you and what the point of starting him this season is. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't believe in Jameis Winston either. Now, he better go out. Next week, when they're off their bye, I don't, I don't know where they're traveling to. I don't know who they're playing. But he better go out and throw three touchdowns, 300 yards, no picks. He better make them look good for making that decision. Because if he doesn't, then Dirk Cutter's ass is getting canned. Oh, yeah. And everyone else looks like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, and I he mean, might lose his job, too. Yeah, so you, you, he better go out and ball. Yeah. If he doesn't go ball out. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers automatically look like one of the most incompetent sports franchises in sports right now. Because you just gave up a guy that was... You just benched the guy who's... You know, he had a rough half. All right? He had a rough half the week before, and he came back and played very well. Played great in the second half against the Steelers. He had Absolutely. a rough half, and you give up on him like that to bench a guy that hasn't played all year long, has had legal issues... Hasn't given you any reason to believe in him when he wasn't in trouble because uh-huh. he doesn't play well when he's playing. Right. Why? I don't understand the decision. So Jameis Winston better go out and ball. Because if he doesn't, <laughs> he's losing a job. Dirk Cutter's losing a job. And probably a lot of other people are losing their jobs. I 100% agree. I'm right there with you. You know, they play Atlanta week six. Atlanta has a weak defense. So this is the perfect game for, for Jameis Winston to have, like you said, 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And prove, I mean, he's got the ability to. They're not playing the Jags. They're going to be playing a weak defense that's injured, uh, that has given up a lot of points this year. Uh, so we'll see if he's capable. I don't think he's capable. I don't think he's a good quarterback in the NFL. I, I just don't believe in him. And I think the reason why Tampa Bay is continuing to be so committed to him is because they used a number one draft pick on him. That is the you know, only reason why. You know what he reminds me of? is He, he could very easily be a Byron Leftwich. Oh, okay, yeah. A a guy that shouldn't be starting for anyone, but in a pinch when you need someone, he'll take a he'll take a ball under center for you. Right, like, right. That, but he should never at any point in his career ever be starting. Yeah, like a good backup, and that's the, like there's Nick Foles is a great example. Good backup, yeah, not a good, good backup, not a good starter. Good backup, but a great backup. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, is another example of that. I think yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good backup. I don't think he's a great starter. He's not a guy you want starting 16 games yeah, in a season. And, and I think that's the problem that but, we have right now is Tampa Bay just doesn't have a starting quarterback. That is true. They have two good backups. Yeah, yeah that's actually a good sucks. point. That sucks. Yeah. So yeah, 
<laughs> it is very true. Uh, let's stop talking about the depressing Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Let's go to Monday night. The last game we're going to talk about today, Monday night. Kansas City on the road in Denver. Patrick Mahomes' first real test against a really good defense. And man, was this an entertaining game. Absolutely. I mean, this was just this was just fun. This was fun. It was good to see Mahomes struggle. It was good to see him bounce back against adversity. It was good to see Denver play so well and then, you know, not be able to execute the end of the game and win it. I I, I just thought I just thought this was a great game. What were your thoughts, Mitch? I, I I'm right on board with you. Great game. It was good to see Mahomes struggle because we know that he's human. And when we saw that he was human and that he makes mistakes and that he's going to have to make adjustments, we saw that he's capable of doing that. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway for the Kansas City Chiefs is that like you saw what happens when he struggles against a tough defense and he's able to mentally prepare himself to make adjustments and go out and make the changes that he needs to do to put the team in a position to win and that's that's that is one of the most important attributes you have to look for in a starting quarterback and he just he just proved to him that yeah i'm capable of doing that yeah well and, i mean and we're talking about a this isn't a I mean, this was a, a low game for him but he still threw for 300 yards one touchdown rushed for a touchdown and had zero interceptions yeah so if that's if that's your bad game then, like, we'll take that, right? I mean, that is insane. If that's his bad game, we are looking at the MVP of this year. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. If we're looking, at, if this is his going to be one of his bad games, we're looking at the MVP. Yeah, well, I, I think he's going to have worse games than this. But you could say, I mean, you could just watching the game, he couldn't stay in the pocket for more than two seconds. Oh yeah, he was having, getting pressure with, all over the place. And the fact that he was able to do everything on the run was to, able to escape by time with his legs and make you know bullet passes to guys. It was amazing. And this kid is so talented, and like you said, poised. He understood what he needed to do. He he bounced back from struggling early on. He put his team in a position to win, and they won. And that is exactly what you want from your quarterback, especially a guy as young as him. Absolutely, I think it Absolutely. helps too. That they had Kareem Hunt go in this game. 19 carries, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Really getting him in the run game is going to be key to not relying on Mahomes to throw four touchdowns a game, but to be able to, you know, make sure you're getting the run game going. Oh, sure. Because, I mean, we know that four touchdowns a game is not sustainable right. by any means. So we, they had to get Kareem Hunt going. I'll give Andy Reid credit here. Yeah, he knew, you know, you have to get the running game going, and they got Kareem going, and I. But hopefully they that keeps going because that's just made that is going to make Pat Mahomes that much more effective when they have a run game going. Yep, a hundred percent. I do want to mention. I mean, the Chiefs' defense has not been that good this year at all. But only gave up twenty three to Denver. Had four sacks today on Case Keenum, which is huge because uh, their secondary is is garbage. So the the way you're going to limit a quarterback is getting to him and, and not giving him time to throw it. And I think they did a pretty good job of that today. Uh, Denver looks good running the ball. I, Case Keenum does not look good, and he really hasn't all year. I don't know what to think about him as a quarterback for Denver. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, he just he does not look comfortable. And it, it, I use that term comfortable in that you know he doesn't look He's got a lot of the deer in the headlights look. Like he's not really sure what he's what he needs to do out there. Yeah, and where he didn't have that look in Minnesota for some reason or another. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's 
the coaching that's going on in Denver. I don't. Ha- I've never had a whole lot of faith in Vance Joseph anyway. Right. Um, and I really like Mike Zimmer. So I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know what it is. It, he just doesn't look like he really fits in. I, everyone thought he was going to fit in in Denver. I don't know if he really does, though. No, I think if you're John Elway, I think you're pretty worried right now about the coach, about the quarterback that you just signed to, what is it, 16, 18 million a year? Well, and I think, I think, I think that Case Keenum is a totally capable quarterback. I think right. that, I think there's an issue in the coaching side of it, for me at yeah. least, because yeah. we've still seen that he has the ability to throw the ball well, and he has the arm, and he has the, the IQ, he did miss a, a wide open. Was it Demarius Thomas on the sideline? Wide everyone, open. That would have been a touchdown. Sure, it overthrew ev- him, and that sure, was bad. That was just but bad. But everyone misses that stuff. Everyone yeah, but that's, that's, a, that's a pass you have. That wins the game for them. That's a touchdown yeah. right there. That wins the game. You can't miss those. I, well, no, I know, but, you, but everyone misses those. Well, Patrick Mahomes didn't. Pat Mahomes will. If he hasn't yet, he will. Well, I, I, I guarantee I just, I just say, like, that's the ones you can't miss. You can't, you can't afford to have that happen. Then you're going to lose games, and then you're not going to be a good team. So, I don't know. I would be worried. He I, should, I like, they shouldn't be in those close games to begin with anyway if they're really a good team. Yeah, so. I like Case Keenum. I like what they're doing with the run game. The balance between Royce Freeman and, and Philip Lindsay uh, has been really good, and, and they've both been able to be pretty productive every week. Uh, I, I like what they're doing with the run game. They just need to figure out this passing offense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, all right, let's um, let's get into. So, we wanted to talk about. Uh, we had made some predictions going into the season as far as the standings go, and we wanted. Uh, we're about a quarter of the way through. We wanted to mention some of the ones that we were not very close on, and uh, some of the surprises uh, to us. Let's start with the obvious one for both of us, Mitch. Uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore. Yeah. We were so low on these teams, like so low, and here they are at three and one, tied for the lead in the division. What? What? Where did we go wrong? I oh, I don't know. I think with Cincinnati was that there was no faith in Andy Dalton, which was very foolish of us. Apparently, because we've seen Andy Dalton do it in the past. And for some reason, he had a down year last year. And for some reason, we just like automatically thought, yeah, he's just not a good quarterback anymore. Can't trust Andy Dalton. Well, yeah, you can. Um, the great red hope is real in Cincinnati. <laughs> and so, you know, I just, I think for me at least, it was, I was so low on Andy Dalton. And I was wrong. I was wrong for doing that. I was wrong for thinking that Andy Dalton had nothing left in the tank. When he has a, I think, quite a bit left. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know I was low on Andy Dalton. I think a lot of my fear, too, was um, just the defense. I thought the defense was going to be too much to, like, overcome the poor defense. And the defense hasn't been that good either, but the offense has been good enough to, like, counteract how bad the defense has played. Sure. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Very surprised. I had them winning two games this year. So they have already exceeded both of our expectations uh, because they've won three. So already beat what we had and uh, look like a pretty good team. Baltimore, on the other hand, I had Baltimore at four and 12 and they're already at three and one. I don't know. Where did you have them? I had them at six and 10. Six and 10. Okay. So they're, I mean, obviously a lot better than what we had them at. They have to lose a lot of games. Yeah. 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 It it should be really bad. I think this defense is good. This defense is really good on Baltimore. And Joe Flacco is playing at a very high level. 
And I think that's been the key to their success so far. Yeah, what what stuck out to me going into the season, and it was very glaring, was the the lack of run offense in that on that team because I did not trust that Alex Collins was going to be a reliable RB one. Right. I did not trust that they had Buck Allen to lean on, and then Kenneth Dixon after that. And it was like, I don't know. I cannot trust that run offense. I thought that there's there was going to be too much that was going to be put on Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco was going to be put in a lot of tough situations where he's not going to be given the opportunity to succeed. Um, and I didn't really have all that much faith in the defense. Uh, yeah. With with as good on paper as it looked, it I just didn't really buy into the hype. Uh, but they've looked a lot better than what I thought. I think if I were to change it from six and ten, I think eight and eight's more more realistic i don't think down the stretch they're going to be as successful as a lot of people think they might be but uh, i think eight and eight is realistic for baltimore so who are you do you think who do you think is better cincinnati or baltimore like going down the street baltimore baltimore so but you only have them at eight and eight so who's winning the division oh well shit yeah that's right because i had pittsburgh um, but because I but we, I mean both of us aren't very hard on the Steelers right now, and I know we talked about this last week with how hard their schedule gets, and Cleveland is not ready to do that. That's why I think Baltimore is going to go ten and six and probably win the division. I think okay, they're the so, better of the two teams. So let's say Baltimore goes eight and eight, like it, love it, hate it. Pittsburgh wins the division at eight seven and one. No, I don't think they can win eight games. I really, I think you they're don't? well. Okay. Even if they do, I think Baltimore is going to win nine or ten games. Okay. Yeah. I really do because I, I think okay, they I can that. beat yeah. every team in their division. They're better than every team in their division, so I think they're going to end up the better record. Even if Pittsburgh goes on a run late November, early so December, had, and tries to take it back, I just I don't know. I okay, don't so, know. So I had Pittsburgh, then Cleveland, then Baltimore, then Cincinnati. Right. Do you flip Baltimore and Pittsburgh? Cleveland maybe still finishes second, or no, Pittsburgh even I, finishes the bottom. I, no, I think Pittsburgh finishes second. I, they're probably seven, eight, and one, maybe eight, seven, and one. They're probably around there. At I, the I think most. I had Cleveland go seven and nine. That's pro. They're probably more like six, nine, and one now that they have sure. the tie. And then, and then, Cincy probably around there. I don't know. If, I, I don't know where Cincinnati goes from here because the defense is still not good. But they're probably around eight and eight. You're gonna have probably, I, there might be this might be tight. This might be you know a lot of teams right around five hundred and Baltimore wins it at nine and seven. And you know what? I'm, I'm just, the AFC North is probably the most unpredictable. Oh, I, I would agree division, with that. Division, I, I 100% football. agree with that. Because yeah. really, we just don't know where the hell this is going to land. There are teams that are outperforming what we thought they were going to do. Teams far underperforming of what they were going to do. So. I mean, there's no really no telling where this division's going to want land, you know. Yeah, that was I, uh, poorly worded. That was terrible English. On my that, that made sense uh, to me. No, I okay, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think this is going to be the toughest one to predict out. Um, another surprise team, a team we talked about earlier, Chicago. Uh, I had Chicago at bears. 6 and 10. I had them at 6 and 10. I thought they were going to be better, but not that good. Uh, obviously, they're 3 and 1. Mitch, where did you have them at? I had him at eight and eight, and I and I put him at eight and eight as if like that was the best they could do in a realistic scenario. It was like best case scenario, right? best case scenario without the crazy stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. Like there's because there's crazy stuff that could have happened, and you know they could wind up thirteenth, you know, whatever. But 
that was the best that they could do in a realistic situation where everything goes right. So yeah, and right now we're both a lot higher than them on them than eight and eight. I think so. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. This is a team that could win that division. I had, I, I think so. I think so. Um, another team that's playing a lot better than we thought. Uh, the Rams. I mean, I so you had eleven and five, right? As the Rams, yeah. eleven and five, and I, and I had them at twelve and four as the team so, with the best record in the NFL. So how and could yet, they, how could they be overperforming? And yet, you and I, I would put money today on a bet that says they win fourteen games. I really I would, put would. Money on a bet that said they win fifteen games. Really. I think fourteen and two is right. That might be low. I think ceiling is like thirteen and three. Honestly, like this team, and barring any major crazy injury to like Todd Gurley or Jared Goff, like this team is Lock just is such a well oiled machine, and, and and it's just it is so made to win. It's just so hard to beat them. The defense look, is good. Look the like offense is good. It is it is amazing to watch. Like I'm not even a Rams fan. And I was, like, so excited watching them play on Thursday night. I was like, this is so much fun. It was so much fun. It this was. Is, now, this is one of my favorite teams this year because they're so much fun to watch because they are so exciting. They can do anything. You don't know what they're going to do next. Yeah. I, surprisingly, they've out, they've exceeded our expectations at 4-0 despite the fact that we each had them winning double-digit games. You know what's funny about their offense, too, is it the way they, they use it. It's very reminiscent of like a late '90s NFL offense, where they still rely heavily on the run, but they're not afraid to throw the ball. Uh huh. Um, and so I, I just and that's like fun NFL for me. I don't know. Like I love '90s NFL. I thought that was a great era for the end, a very underrated era for the NFL. And so I I love watching this team. They're exciting, and I honestly do not believe. That they'll win fewer than thirteen games. Oh yeah, I'm right there with you. That I think, I think, yeah. I don't see a team. Is the floor. Yeah, Twelve is yeah. The yeah. I don't see a team is. that can beat them, barring super crazy circumstances like injuries. I don't there's, see a team that can beat them. There's one team I think that could, and that's Jacksonville, and it's only on the premises of defense. I th- okay. I, yeah. I think yeah. that if, and I'm now if I had to pick between the between Jacksonville's defense and LA's offense by a very slight margin, I think LA's offense is better uh-huh. by a very slight margin. But that being said, all it takes is for LA not to show up one day. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's I inevitable. Think I mean, Jacksonville is that one team that could beat them. I think. Right. It's hard to go sixteen and zero. That's why only two teams have done it. Right, you know, exactly. I mean, and look at the Panthers from a few years ago. Got to fourteen and zero, and then lost on the road in Atlanta. I mean, against a good team, but you know, it, it's just hard to get that all the way. So you know, right. come December when if they're ten and zero, eleven and zero, twelve and zero, if you're a team playing them and you're a good team, you're trying to break that streak, and it's going to be tough to get to sixteen and zero. But I, I, I really do. Fourteen games is almost a lock to me, which now, is now crazy. Here, see, but here's what the Rams have to do: is not let up. They exactly. cannot let up exactly because the second you let up, that's when you start getting guys hurt. Mm-hmm. That's when you start getting yourself out of a rhythm. You're in a great rhythm right now. Don't let up. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep pushing, even when you're playing the Cardinals and the Niners and the bad teams within the division. The, the, the Seahawks this week, they they played the yeah. Seahawks this week. I mean, you've got to just keep playing as if you know you're playing Minnesota or you're People playing are say you know, these other good the teams. Score, but you, 
you just have to keep that yeah. rhythm rolling. Absolutely. You have to. I think it's great. Um, a few teams that have underperformed drastically. Uh, let's start with Atlanta. Atlanta, I had them at 11 and 5 and winning the AFC, sorry, the NFC, the NFC South this year at 11 and 5. Right now, they are 1 and 3 and not looking good. Mitch, what did you have them at? I had them at 8 and 8, and I'm going to stick with them at 8 and 8. Okay, okay. I, I, I just, I did not have any faith in the defense. I wasn't sure. I mean, obviously, the Devonta Freeman injury hurts them. But they have Tevin Coleman, who's very serviceable. Who's played great in his stead, for sure. Yeah. Ido Smith is shown to be a, a decent running back. Yeah, yeah. Dep- a deep running back. Calvin Ridley has really... Played great. Blossom, played great, Blossomed yeah. into a great NFL receiver. Um, but, yeah, I still see 8-8 eight eight as, the, as the ceiling for him. Uh-huh. It's, I, the, I, it's the defense, you know. It is. You have as many injuries. I mean, they have four or five starters out. Keanu Neal, Deion Jones. Uh, they have a ton of injuries on this defense. And the defense was pretty good beforehand. I don't think it was great, but you lose that many starters and you're just not going to be good. Every game for the Falcons going on from here on out is going to be like last week's games against the Bengals. 30 points. You're going to have to outscore the other team and just hope it works. And I don't think they have the offense like a Kansas City or New Orleans that is capable of outscoring a team every single week. Well, and I think it's just, it's hard to expect a lot out of a team that plays in a dome that doesn't have all the pieces in place to perform on the road outside of the dome. Yes. Especially when it gets later in the season. Mm -hmm. So I know Atlanta could rattle off four in a row. That's great for them. You know, the other four and three, you know, four and three, five and three, but I think they still wind up at, at around eight, eight, because when you leave the dome in November, December, that's when things start to get pretty harsh for you. Right, for sure. I think I just think these injuries on defense are going to be too hard to overcome for them. I, I, yeah. And then, like you said, the offense is, can be great, but it, it has to get – it can only be so good, and I, I just don't think it's quite there. Yeah. Um, the other team is the Oakland Raiders, who I know you had in the playoffs as like the sixth wild card. Do 11 games, is that what you had them winning? Uh, 10. 10. Okay, so, and I had them at 10 and 6 as well, losing – out on the wild card spot, uh, but ten and six nonetheless, and obviously one and three. They got the win against Cleveland. Uh, I I definitely sold my stock on them when they traded Cleo Mack. I, I was definitely not, not still thinking ten and six once they traded him. Uh, but one and three is not good. <laughs> now they started off nine and three, so for them to be at ten and six, they'd have to go nine and three throughout the year. Yeah, I I don't see that happening. Mm-mm. At best. I see them going eight and eight. That's exactly what I was thinking. At yeah. worst, I see them at eleven and five. Uh, I don't eleven and five or five and eleven. Sorry, I was like, at what? what? <laughs> five and eleven. At best, yeah, yeah. at best, eight and eight. At worst, five and eleven. Um, I think seven and nine is more is about the realistic expectation. Here. I, I think so as well. I think so as well. And it's you know interesting team, an interesting team trading Cleo Mack. Everything yeah. that's happened with it has just been a weird year. And I think once the move happens, and it's it's unfortunate to say because I like the Raiders in Oakland, but I think it's safe to say that once the moves the move happens, that market is going to be so much more attractive for players to come yeah. play in. And if Gruden, I I'm pretty confident Gruden's still going to be there for a long time. Granted that he you know 
he just signed a 10-year contract. So right. he's going to be there for the transition. So I think once that market ha- once that market change happens, it's going to be a lot more attractive place to play than Oakland. It, yeah, PA. Hey, so, people don't want to play on a baseball field. They they're football they're professional football no. players. They don't want to play on a baseball field. Shit, know? dude. The A's don't want to play on their baseball field. The <laughs> right. A's want a new stadium. So Right. It's, <laughs> if the baseball team doesn't doesn't even want to play on the baseball field, I it's not looking good for the NFL team. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, no, and it, it seemed it seems weird to me. I think honestly that what the moves the Oakland Raiders are doing now is they're playing now and they're making moves now for Vegas. That's what it seems like to me. It's not even like I think they've given up on trying to win while they're still in Oakland. They have, what, two years left this season and the next? Yeah. So I think training Khalil Mack, getting the draft picks, to me it looks like and it feels like they are playing for Vegas, which it is what it is. I don't know if it's the right decision because time will tell, obviously. I think what happened was I think what happened was they had made their mind up to do that last year. When right. the AFC was super strong. I mean, you had New England. Pittsburgh was strong. Um, Jacksonville was strong. You had Kansas City. Kansas City. You know, the, Buffalo right. was kind of a contender. Uh, the, the, so, the Chargers are pretty good. I mean, you had yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah. they're like, you know what? We're going to fire sale. We're just going to we're gonna get ready for L, for Las Vegas. But now the AFC is pretty weak. Well, I, I don't. I, I think mean, they, I think they missed, they missed that swing there. Possibly, says, possibly. Well, and you have to look at, you know, the you're going to have to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year for the rest of his freaking career now. That's not a good that's not a good feeling if you're if you're the Raiders to no. know that you're going to be playing this guy, you know, and and that's just like you you didn't know that going through. Obviously they had Alex Smith last year, but like now this guy's so good. I I I don't know. It's just they're in a weird spot and I'm curious to see in the next few years are they going to really kind of rebuild this thing? Because they still are holding on to so many old players. If you're rebuilding, why do you have Marshawn? Why do you have Bruce Irvin? Why do you have an aging offensive line? Like, why? Are, if you're really trying to go that route, then you should be doing more. But I feel like they're kind of like pretending like they're trying to win now, but also pretending like they're trying to build for the future. It's a weird thing. It's going to be interesting to see once this next draft season comes around what they do with those draft picks right? and see where where they start building from. I think yeah. that's where we're going to really see what direction the Raiders are headed in. For sure. Is come next April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So interesting stuff. All right. Um, I think we should cut the overtime thing and just go to picks. Is that cool? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah, because we're already running along on this. We got one right. more to do. So exactly. So all right, guys, that is about everything for the recap. Now to get into some quick picks for this upcoming NFL season. To give you guys a recap of where we are at, Mitch and I tied last week at ten and five. We had a bye week two uh, Redskins, uh, Panthers on a bye week, so only fifteen games. We tied at ten and five. That means I'm still up by three games on our pick'em. Uh, challenge competition here we got going so this week mitch trying to make up some ground let's see yeah i tried to make up some ground last week and it just just so happened we wound up in the same spot we picked yeah. a lot of the same winners so that's right. kind of where we where we uh where i missed some of them were that, easy but, but yeah some of them yeah. were easy <laughs> like we talked about before we started recording like there are some good games this week oh yeah there are some very good games this week i majority of them are good games i think in my mind so there's not really a whole lot of bad games. Right. Yeah, so let's get 100%. Into it. Okay. Kick us off, Dallin. All right. We are starting Thursday night. We have the Colts traveling to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots looking to get some revenge for Deflate Gate. 
Four years ago, no, I'm just um, oh, no, I, I, we have we have a, an offense in the Colts that can't run the ball. Andrew Luck has to throw it 80 times a game. I have New England at home, uh, and probably a pretty high scoring game. Yeah, I have New England as well. Um, again, in a in a fairly high scoring game, um, unless the over under was 60, I'm probably taking the over. It's 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 going to be a it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I got New England. Yeah, absolutely. The over/under is fifty-one. I think I'd take the over on that. I think for I'd sure. take the over on yeah. that. Yeah, well. yeah, for sure. All right. So after that, we have the Titans traveling to Niagara Falls to face the Buffalo Bills. I got Tennessee in this game. Uh, like we said, the defense looks really good against a not a great Buffalo Bills offense. Um, I think it's a tighter game than what people are thinking it's going to be. I could see a a, a twenty seventeen type finish. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. Yeah, you know I, I have Tennessee as well. I I didn't mention this when we talked about it. Tennessee reminds me a lot of the Panthers in a weird way. Like Panthers a few years ago, as they were yeah, starting to get good. One. In that they have a good solid defense and they win ugly games. Like they don't do anything special. Like nothing looks crazy on offense. They don't blow anybody out. They just win a lot of ugly games, but they have enough like grit and tenacity to like pull off ugly games. Um, And they'll never really win pretty. The Panthers don't win pretty. They always kind of win ugly, but they win. I I think Tennessee reminds me a lot of that. They've had a lot of ugly wins this year. Uh, and so I think this is another one. I, I think you're right. You know, I could see like 17, 13, honestly, but, uh, but yeah. I, I think, we, I think we get a Tennessee win on the road here. Oh man. Uh, the hardest Sorry, game. Uh, oh, you're good. Uh, Tanner Pacini just sent me a, a picture of his pinky. He just exploded it. <laughs> I thought work. you were about to say penis. I was about to be like, uh, oh. not his penis. None of that. None of that. <laughs> that we're a family show. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, that is gnarly. Wow. Wowzers. I don't know if you got those pictures, too. I, I did not. I don't know if I want them. I'll, I'll, I'll send you <laughs> them later. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Okay, yeah. Next we have – this is the hardest game for me to predict. I have no idea what I want to go here. Atlanta going to Heinz Field to play the Steelers, two teams that are underperforming this year that need wins desperately. I, you know, I, I have the Steelers at home. They've lost two straight home games. That is very rare for the Steelers, but I don't think they lose three straight. Yeah, I um I have stopped putting hope in the Steelers against formidable opponents. Um so I am taking Atlanta on the road beating the Steelers. I know Heinz Field's a tough place to play. Atlanta leaving the dome for a much colder climate up in Pittsburgh, but it's not that cold yet. So it, I I have Atlanta on the road beating Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like I said, that was a tough one for me to pick. I don't really know where to go. It was tough. It was very tough. (laughs) Yeah. So after that, we have the Denver Broncos traveling to the Meadowlands to play the New York Jets. Um, I have Denver in this one. They uh, are, I think they are, they're by far the superior defense. Um, And I think the offense does just enough to get by. Um, I think another close game. I think closer than what people think think it's going to be. 2317 maybe. It's gonna, um, it'll, it'll be a one score game, but I have Denver. Yeah. Denver. Yeah, I I have Denver as well on the road. Uh right now Jets are favored by 1. Uh so they're minus 1. Uh but I Denver's the better team and I know they 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 played well against KC, who's arguably the second best team in the league. So 
if you could play well against Kansas City, you could beat the New York Jets. So I, I've got Denver in this game. Uh, another game that was hard for me to pick uh, was Jacksonville traveling to Kansas City uh, this week. That's one of the best matches we have going on this week. It is the best game of the week. And we have probably the best defense against the second best offense, the best quarterback right now, Patrick Mahomes for sure. Uh, I have Jacksonville winning this on the road. Yeah, I do too. I think that Jacksonville's defense is just so far superior than any unit in football, except the Rams offense slightly, slightly. Like I said, it's very close. Um, But the Jacksonville's defense is the second most superior unit in the NFL. They are going to beat Kansas City. And I you know what? I'm going to say that they beat Kansas City by 10. I think it's okay. going okay. to be a two-score game. Yeah, you know, th- they have given up at the most 20 points this year, and that was against the Patriots. They have not played many good offenses by the Giants, Patriots, Titans, Jets. But, I, and this is a good offense. I think they'll be able to kind of, I, I think keeping you know, to 20, 24 points is about right for what they're going to have to do. But the Chiefs defense is so bad. I think Bortles has one of his good Bortles games. And I think the offense does enough to win it. Something like 24, 23. Sure. So, so after that, we have, uh, we have the Packers traveling to motor city to take on the Detroit lions. I have the Detroit lions in this game at home against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers. He just hasn't looked right. And this is not a, a bash on his talent or anything that he's capable of doing. He's done pretty well with as hobbled as he is. He just doesn't look good right now. And so I just, I think Detroit pulls it off in a, in a close game. I think Aaron Rodgers does enough to keep it close. But I'm taking Detroit at home against Green Bay. Yeah, I, I did as well. I mean, the Detroit team, the Lions are talented. It's just a matter of, like, winning games. And obviously they have had some rough ones, but had some good ones. You know, the win against uh, the Patriots was good. I think they win this game close as long as they focus on giving on Johnson the ball. As long yes. as they, uh, they're allowing on Johnson to run the ball against a very bad Packers defense, I think they'll be okay. So here's bold prediction on this game. Two things will happen. If Detroit wins the game, on Johnson will have touched the ball at least 18 times. Okay. That that's my that's my call there. If Detroit wins the game, Carryon Johnson will have touched the ball at least eighteen times. That's who they need to be given the ball to. Right. Your turn. Oh, I thought you said you had two. Oh so. no, those are the two things. If if Detroit wins Oh, then... okay, got it. gotcha. I thought I was like, okay, no worries, you're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, next game is a AFC North divisional matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. It'll be in Cleveland. Uh, We just talked highly of the Ravens and how well they're playing. And obviously we talked about the Browns as well. I have the Browns at home. I think they pull this off. I I think it's going to be a close game, but they've been in a lot of close games this year. They haven't really gotten, they haven't gotten blown out. They've had a tie. Uh, They've had uh, a couple close losses and I think they get this win. I, 100% 100% agree with you. I have Cleveland at home beating Baltimore. And you know what? I think a lot of this is going to have to do with Cleveland is going to increasingly become a tough place to play. Yeah. It was in the early 90s, in the late 80s, when the Browns were really good. The Browns 
is the what's the what's the name of the field anyway i can't even remember it it's but, like first energy stadium or something yeah something, something like that, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the dog pound is coming back a lot oh yeah i think that, so that is going to be a very that's going to become an increasingly tough place to play um cleveland has shown a lot of life this year browns fans are excited fan base whole fan base is excited i got cleveland over baltimore yeah following cleveland and baltimore we have the giants traveling to the east coast to play the carolina panthers um pretty easy pick for me i got carolina um just the the defense against a a very middle of the road borderline mediocre offense they have the weapons there they're just not utilizing them the correct way so i think that um i think carolina sticks out in this game and and pulls off the win at home yeah i i i 100 there with you carolina's gonna win this game pretty easy uh i think the offense will play well the defense will play well it's not gonna be a fun game to watch unless you're a panthers fan so. we need to start disagreeing on things man we we have way too many i know so far only one disagreement right Atlanta that's Pittsburgh. Not, was that's the only not one. how I'm going to win this. Game. <laughs> I got to start pulling some of this. All right, out. the next game we have Miami traveling to Cincinnati. Uh, Miami finally lost last week in New England in an ugly fashion. Cincinnati pulled off the win in Atlanta. I have Cincinnati in this game. I, Miami is way worse than the record shows. They really are. They've just kind of won a few ugly games, but they looked, I think New England exposed them for how they really are, which is not that good. So I, in a matchup of three and one teams, I have Cincinnati. Yeah, for everything you just said, I have Cincinnati as well. <laughs> um, following that, we have the Raiders travel going down south to the City of Angels to play the Chargers in their 28,000-person arena. With all 60 Chargers fans. With all 60 Chargers fans and the other Raider fans. Um, I have Oakland winning two in a row here. I have them beating the Chargers. I just think that the Chargers have such a... The Chargers are playing 16 road games this year. It doesn't matter where, if they're playing at home or on the road. They're playing a road game no matter what. Um, and I think the Raiders have really turned a corner offensively. And the Chargers defense has been hampered by injuries. Joey Bose is out. Um, they have not looked as solid as we thought they were going to be. Um, and so I have the Raiders in this one. Okay. I have the Chargers. Um, I, I, th- I think the Chargers are obviously talented. Uh, they sh- need to stop kicking the ball. I don't care if they have Adam Vinatieri in the in the early 2000s on their team. They need to stop kicking the ball because no matter what kicker comes to that team, they just cannot do it. They're jinxed. They just need to go for it on fourth down every single time. Uh, but I, this team is obviously talented. And Oakland's defense is not that good. I think the offense for the Chargers is going to be able to do what they want. And the Chargers get this win at home. In front All of right. their 60 fans. So, <laughs> um, The other game, the garbage game of the week, and the one that I had a trouble predicting was Arizona going to San Francisco. Uh, I will say this. C.J. Beathard in that offense moved the ball very well against the Chargers last week. And I, and it was a close game that they lost. I think they take care of it at home against Arizona. Yeah, I, yeah, I have the same pick. Damn it, Dallin. We need to start picking different stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that San Francisco takes care of business. I will say though that if there's a game that I'm not comfortable about picking, it's this one. Oh yeah, um, because I think that Arizona definitely has the potential to upset here on the road and go beat San Francisco. So I do. I will say that I am not totally comfortable with taking San Francisco in this one, but logically it makes sense to me to take 
San Francisco. Yeah, they're just both not good teams. So when you have two bad teams playing, it's like, who do you predict? I don't know. Yeah. I, who wins? I mean, but I, San know? Francisco is, I think, better than Arizona. For sure. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. But there is that potential there. So Yeah, for sure. Um, following that game, we have Minnesota. They're traveling to the city of brotherly love. Take on the Philadelphia Eagles. I literally could have flipped a coin on this one and been okay with either pick. <laughs> um, I went, I just went with Minnesota. I did. Oh, um, okay. I just went with Minnesota. I think the defense finds finds another finds another gear and turns it on just a little bit more for playing Carson Wentz in that potent, potentially potent Eagles offense. Um, I I have Minnesota probably in a tight one. I, oh I yeah, can, I yeah, can yeah. say a one-score game. I think it's gonna be so. a close game. No, I, I I think that Minnesota. This is a must-win for Minnesota. I think this is a you need to win for Philly to go two and three is not terrible. To go one three and one is pretty bad. To only have one win on the season through five games is very bad. Yeah. I do have Philly though. I think Philly wins this at home. Okay. But yes, another game that that there was a lot of games here that I really didn't know where to pick. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling Philly here. So we have the Rams traveling. To the uh, to the Evergreen State, to the Emerald City, to play oh, the yeah. Seattle Seahawks, and what is the remnants of a good defense from four years ago? Uh, the Rams win this by what twenty? Is that what we're, you know? Like like thirty eight to ten? I don't know. Okay, this is not going to be a good game. The Rams are going to blow them out. So I have the Rams as well, but I'm not with you on the blowout thing. Really? I am taking into consideration that they are playing in Seattle. And Seattle has historically, since Qualcomm, CenturyLink, whatever it's called now. Qualcomm, CenturyLink. 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 It, it was Qualcomm was a long time ago, I guess. The but, Qual- Qualcomm was the San Diego Chargers old stadium. Oh, what was, uh, what was it before CenturyLink? I don't remember. Well, they used to play in like the Kingdome, and then I don't remember what it was called before CenturyLink. But, but Seattle's so. always been a tough place to play because of the noise. Right. And the way the stadium is shaped. And I don't think it's as much of a blowout as you think. The Rams, I'm going to win. I think are going to win. But right. by 10, maybe. Okay. 10. It'll, it'll be two scores. I, 10 is kind of like one and a half scores. But, like, <laughs> I think it's going to be... I think I think the Rams take this one. But not by as big of a margin as people think it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Given a lot of credit to Seattle, which I think is fair. They've definitely earned it over the last few years. Sure. So, sure, yeah. yeah. And Pete Carroll game plans very well. So He does. He does. Okay, following that game, we have Dallas. It's an interstate rival. Good old-fashioned Texas football. Nothing better than Texas football, right, Dallin? Uh, there's a lot of things better than Texas well, football. Yeah, yeah. maybe in a high school level and the collegiate level, it's good. Yeah. In the this, NFL, this game, it's not, not so, so good. <laughs> Cowboys are traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. I got the Texans in this one Ooh. at home. Um, Dallas has looked better. Houston's got to turn it on at some point. I think they turn it on this week against Dallas. I got Houston. Yeah, me uh, me as well. I also have the Texans at home. Uh, they played a lot better last week. Obviously got the win. They needed that. Uh, the Cowboys got a good win last week, obviously, against Detroit. But I do think Houston's a better team. J.J. Watts looked better. Jadavion Clowney's looked better. Deshaun Watson's looked better. I think they ride this into a win at home on Sunday night. Prime time. Prime time. I love it. And finally, the Monday night game. The only thing significant about this game is when... 
Drew Brees passes 201 yards. He will pass Peyton Manning's record for the most passing yards in NFL history. Uh, this is going to be what, like a 17 point win by the by the Saints. I, I, I don't, the Redskins have looked pretty good this season, but I, I mean, the Saints have looked a lot better. So, yeah, I I think that's about right. I have I have the Saints beating Washington. 17 seems about right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Saints over Washington. And that is about it. Tampa Bay, Chicago, bye weeks this week. Uh, so what do we disagree on? Like four? Yeah, four, so I, I, think? I have a shot. If I am right on everything yeah. and you miss on the ones that were different, I can I can, I can come back. But. You, you could. You could. We'll, we'll see. I mean, It's a long shot. But a, a, you know what? you <laughs> don't got to make it all up this week. It's just you got to chip away at it, you know, little by little. Yeah. Get one extra every week, you know. Kind of, kind of do it like that. But we will keep you guys updated as always on our picks. And that is all we have for you today. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry that Mitch put his mic backwards the last few weeks, but we got this figured yeah. out. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to what? remind if, them. If you are listening to this podcast, stay tuned. Because right after this podcast, we got another one coming up. And we are doing MLB playoff predictions. We absolutely are. Yeah, MLB playoffs starting officially division round thursday uh and uh so yeah lots to look forward to there so we're going to be previewing all that that's going on if you saw on the instagram you can now listen to this podcast on spotify so if you use spotify what be sure to subscribe yes we are out here we're everywhere now anywhere you listen to podcasts stitcher apple Podcasts, spotify Castbox, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us. So check it out on Spotify. Subscribe to us on there. Uh, be sure to follow the Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys, Twitter Sports Hour Guys, Facebook page the Sports Hour with Mitch Moe and the Mormon. Everywhere we're everywhere, right? Everywhere, every we would, single we, place. We even have a Tumblr. Well, where we just I just take sad photos of sports players and make them black and white. And then oh, I just okay. post those. That's what our Tumblr yeah, is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. With, Follow with us quotes, on Tumblr. With, with, with Tell us we suck. From bands like All Time Low and uh, We the Kings, you know, just like that kind of stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, check out the Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Awkward silence. Yeah, that, that's, that's, about it. that's about it, right? I don't know what else to say. That's it. That's it. That, that is it, guys. We'll catch you next week. See ya.